Hey everybody, it's Casey Glass. I recorded this episode with Reverend Bass back at the end of January, and unfortunately, I'm only getting around to posting it now. So please keep that in mind as you listen, and we hope to have another episode out real soon. Thanks. Hello, this is Reverend Willard Bass. I am the director of the Freedom Tree at IDR, and um, this is our podcast I have with me today, um, our tech guy expert, uh, Dr. Uh, Casey Glass. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good, man. Well, Happy New Year to you. Thank you. You too. It's been a minute since we've been together. A lot has happened uh, since the last time we got together, so I really have given a lot of thought to the possibilities of things that we can do on the show. But I thought it would be good for us to just start out uh, kind of summarizing where we were last year and then talk a little bit about this year and, and probably some of the things that we talk about will be uh, future podcasts. How sure about thing. that? Yeah, that cool. sounds great. Yeah, I tell you, um, last year uh, was a very uh, busy year for us, even though we were in the midst of the pandemic. I think the major pieces, though, that happened uh, as far as the work that we're doing was um, the uh, effort that we call uh, Truth, Reconciliation, and Reparations of Forsyth County. Uh, we had been as a community and a group of ministers and um, and lay people uh, really been wrestling with um, how we can go forward in this community and uh, deal with the unacknowledged, if you will, trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And some of the early um, ways that uh, systemic racism showed up in our community. And so I pitched it to the group that uh, I really felt like we might need to uh, undertake something like Nessa Mandela did, you know, with his Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Mm Uh, but I uh, told them that the only way that I would do it was that if we could um, commit to uh, doing something with reparations. And, uh, of course, you know, that's a big, you know, deal, right? Yeah, hot and topic. Hot topic. And uh, there's a lot of ways that people, you know, see it. And there's some people that don't see it at all, right? Yep. They don't even want to deal with it, right? And so we um, we did some organizing uh, late last year. And uh, then by November... Uh, we were able to put together our first uh, initial announcement, public event, if you will, of, um, of introducing the Truth, Reconciliation, and Reparations uh, Initiative to the community of Forsyth County, right? And so what we did, we hired um, a group of uh, professors from the University of Virginia who had been working with um, the Charlottesville group, you know, the, the events that happened there. They were now uh, yeah. recovering from everything that they had experienced, right? And wanted to, um, and had been uh, figuring out a way to uh, to live through that and found some ways to, to go on with life. And so one of our um, team members, um, Martha Hartley, over at Old Salem, uh, she said she had experienced them. She had done a grad study up there. And she wanted to, she suggested then that we look at them. So we did, and we were able to hire them and bring them in as our, uh, introductory uh, consultants, if mm-hmm. you will, experts. And the whole idea was uh, the way that we chose to get at this reparation was what we call reparative justice. The idea of finding ways that we could do reparative justice right in the community. Mm-hmm. And our initial focus uh, has been around um, city county planning. You know, that's a big deal, right? Early on, yeah. there was a lot of city county planning done to establish Fence Asylum as it is today. 
Yeah. And we felt like there is a lot of um, things that have happened, you know, in the name of um, a renovation, renovation, a better word, I guess, would be uh, revitalization, right? Yeah. Community yeah. revitalization. And um, and uh, our municipalities took uh, the liberty to uh, to uh, make some decisions around some folks, you know, in living in various parts of the community, especially, mm-hmm. with, you know, 52 and, and 40. Right. And, and having to displace some families. And so we decided that we wanted to um, develop a process where we could go back and do some research on um, th- those things, what happened. Right. And who was impacted by it mm-hmm. and be able then to collect and share those stories. So we partnered with Wake Forest and we got some interns who are committed over the summer mm-hmm. and the fall. And they were able to do some research uh, around redlining. Mm-hmm. The same time, the Pennsylvania uh, Foundation had established uh, a uh, a tour, mm-hmm. a, red, a redlining tour, first mm-hmm. one, uh, you know, in this uh, city's history in a way, and uh, started um, showing it uh, at the public library, the main library. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten over a chance to take a no, look at that? I haven't. Man, it's an awesome event. Yeah, uh, the experience great. that would have, right? And so they're doing that. And in connection with that, we were able then to um, identify some specific events around this idea of redlining uh, that took place, you know, and so... Uh, our event was very successful. Uh, we had the uh, two of our um, assistant city uh, managers at mm-hmm. the event, um, and they were um, very committed to continue to do the work. And so what came of that uh, event itself, there was two things that we got out of it. One was that there was some, some questions that were asked around some communities right now, mm-hmm. housing issues around uh, evictions you know, that were being done, and the whole Happy Hill story and the fact that Happy Hill was a place where they had they did, had done a uh, Hope Six grant, right? And they had started the, the process for the Hope Six grant, but there were still pieces of the Hope Six grant that were undone. Development of, of additional properties, single-family housing, multi-family housing, and then a, uh, a community center. Those things had not taken place, and, and people were very upset around that. You know, they really wanted to find out then what could be done with that. And then there were some other issues around um, the... Um, the evictions that were being done during the pandemic, you know, folks were concerned about that being done. What can we do about those sorts of things? So, so we, we sent those questions to the city and they're committed now to bring us answers to those things. Right. And, um, then we, uh, have uh, been given uh, some of the process around the city county planning department. And we're going to be looking forward to being a part of that process and developing or identifying grassroots individuals who can be a part of the process going forward. We're going to take a look at the last uh, plan mm-hmm. and then uh, see, you know, I think they call it the 2023 plan and see where there's places then that we can make changes, make corrections. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and, and do some things then that can be very helpful to us going forward. So that's exciting. You know, big piece for yeah. us. Um, yeah. The other thing that um, we're looking at is um, how can we unite the community? really unite the community. There's various efforts going on now. There's a big thing about education, right? We still have the uh, the recovery dollars, uh, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. There's some recovery money out there that the city and county has available to them. We're still waiting to see how that money is going to be distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we know that there's a lot of need now around education, especially. Yeah. You remember at the end of the year we had the, um, the shooting you yeah. know, at Mount Tabor, yeah. Yeah. right? And all of the uh, concerns that came up as a result of that, uh, the, the one point, though, that about that whole Mount Tabor thing was the fact that 
that was the one incident that happened uh, in that area, but uh, we were still experiencing uh, shootings every week yeah. in the black community. Right. Yeah. And I mean, from my perspective in the in the emergency department, I mean, we've always had from time to time uh, different kinds of, you know, um, assaults or traumas or things like that to see, you know, people who are shot or stabbed in the emergency department. is not unusual. But in the last year, it's really been, you know, remarkably frequent and a lot different from the past. And so, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, is affecting a lot of communities every day, you know, and the Mount Tabor episode kind of stands out because suddenly it was in a you know, predominantly white school. Right. Those people got people's attention. But yeah. Right. I mean, it's definitely happening all the time. Yeah, exactly. So we are we see the need then to, to focus more attention on that abroad across the community. Right. The same needs that are needed for the particular event at Mount Tabor are needed in, you know, in the other parts of our community, especially uh, Winston East and uh those young people need, uh, you know, they need a space where they, you know, can come and uh, be able to air their, you know, concerns, right, frustrations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so then we have decided then, that's one thing then, that this year the Share Cooperative Center is going to be available, you know, for a youth event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pitched it to various organizations in the community, and we are uh, hoping that at least one of them will, at least we know that one of them was going to commit to us um, to bring youth here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna just be there for them. You know, we're gonna provide resources for them and let them develop some leadership structure around that and raise questions and concerns. You know, mm-hmm. and then if they need opportunities for um, either uh, education type things or um, uh, employment, mm-hmm. you know, we want we will be amenable to that. Sure. And so we're excited about the potential for that. And that's the idea of not we're not the only ones. Again, there's gonna be various other sectors of the community doing various things, and we're hoping that that we can begin to, to put our power together and not work in silos anymore. Yeah. It's going to be a goal of some of the things that we're doing. So that's very exciting. Um, as far as um, the uh, the work of the uh, the Harvest Market uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and the cooperative, um, it, they uh, actually building out now. Yeah, and I saw, they're, I they're saw there's some construction guys down there working. Yeah, so that's, under, that's right, exactly. Under construction, uh, they're looking at a target date of somewhere around June, July for an opening. Excellent. Uh, meanwhile, the the plan is to begin to have a small kind of tidbits of announcements, saying you know, bring the community up to what's going on. Yeah. Membership in the, in the cooperative now is over 500. And uh, we're hoping to have a thousand, you know, by the middle of the year, right? And so and then we're going to be more intentional around information that's going to be coming out. So you'll hear a lot more from that that area, and those folks are doing the work. Uh, it's all come to fruition. Five years of work now, and you know, uh, development and structures mm-hmm. and and uh, finding financing and support is beginning to work out. Excellent. So we're really glad that those things are are coming up. Um, the other thing at the end of the year, you know, uh, well, at the beginning of the year, every year the Minister's Conference has their annual Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. And uh, they give out awards and they have a keynote speaker. And uh, this year, because of the COVID, then it had to be virtual. And, and I was recognized. So oh, I, I got a I Congratulations. Got a, yeah, yeah, I got an award. It was for a meritorious, they call it the Emeritus Membership Award. And basically says that they uh, were uh, recognizing uh, my uh, being a past president of the conference and also a senior member and the fact that of uh, my involvement in the community for so many years. And so I thought that was an honor. I really, really uh, liked that, that they were willing to acknowledge that. Yeah. And uh, and uh, several others were recognized. We might even bring some of them on the show, you know, later on great. to let sure. them, yeah, to bring out 
the kinds of things they're doing because all of them are very t- important topics and things that they were doing. So, um, I think that catches us up with last year and uh, the beginning of this year. Um, and we've talked about many things that we're doing, but the main other thing that I think that's going to be of critical importance to us is the idea of our democracy. Uh, where it's going as a nation, you know, the the, the January 6th event, right? It's over a year now. Yeah. Uh, they're still digging into it. You know, there's all these controversies out as to, you know, how it happened, who was involved, was it intentional? Uh, but we do know that it was an insurrection, you know, that it was an, an attempt to take over the government, you know, to actually at the time they were trying to... Um, uh, change the, uh, the the final count, you know, the confirmation of the voting, you yeah. know, the Congress's role in that, and so um, so we're faced with that, and um, we have to decide. I really believe that we have to decide as a people, you know, really what we want, you know, this nation to be. Do we want to continue to move toward uh, the idea of a democracy right? and democracy for all, right? Not a democracy that uh, limits some um, and then provides um, a lot of stuff for others. And so I just want to get your opinion of that as we begin to talk about this, because it's going to be something that I hope that we uh, continue to bring updates, you know, as we do this each month. But it's on my heart and it's on the heart of a lot of other people, especially things like the Justice Collective. You know, they're still struggling, you know, with uh, trying to deal with what. How do we do that? What do we do? How do we go forward? You know, we've got an election coming up, right? It's a primary. And we have the uh, the redistricting, you know, gerrymandered maps that have been Um, uh, produce and uh, the first um, court, you know, uh, uh, challenge has been uh, cited that there was nothing wrong with the process because it was done by a political process that is supposed to be the the way business is done with you know with that legislature, right? But there's also been an appeal into so we're looking for something of the state supreme court to deal with that. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, my concern is as a community, you know. You know, what, what are we going to do? You know, are we just going to sit while this goes on or how are we going to participate in this process? I mean, it's one vote, one person. That's what our nation is based on. Yeah, I mean, I think the big challenge will just be make, I think, you know, regardless of your political persuasion in the next year, it's going to be motivating people to get out and vote when it finally comes time to do that in the primaries and in November. And I think, you know, for people who... Um, are looking to try to keep, you know, a progressive agenda going, it's going to be a challenge because President Biden has not accomplished very much in his first year. You know, a lot of the things that were promised because of deadlock in Congress really haven't been delivered. And so I think that probably a lot of um, voters will be discouraged. Probably a lot of voters, kind of regardless of your political persuasion, will be kind of discouraged. But um you know, the system continues to try to make it hard for really anything to get done, either at the state level or um, the federal level. And I think that's one reason why, you know, continuing to push things at the very local level is probably the way to get the most bang for your buck, if you will, as far as trying to, you know, create more equitable societies. Yeah, I agree. Um, you said a couple of things on. I really want to start with probably something around the last one. This idea yeah. that um, our systems are, are you know are, are, are locked up. You know, and this idea that because we have political parties and the Democratic Party is is the ones in leadership through President Obama, uh, President Biden, right? That 
all these things uh, that he had promised and that he was voted in for are not taking place. And, and I really want uh, to to talk a little bit about that because I think he's been um, accused of failing, you know, as a president when in fact he doesn't have control of it. Yeah. My, my word, yeah. right? I really believe that we as as citizens have to begin to look at the system and the way things function and the way power is used, right, or misused. Yeah. And he's not able to do anything because the, the Congress is deadlocked. And the Congress is deadlocked because you've got part of the, of the one branch of the political system that decided that they're not going to do nothing. Right. right. And they, they'd rather make him look bad and um, uh, have the nation floundering and, you know, in need of things. Right. Yeah. And to me, I think that's a very deep issue. Now, I know we have a government that's based on two, you know, two party government. But I think that at right now, for this time in our history, that we need to be very seriously look at that because it's not functioning. There's no way I, in my own um, uh, heart that I would be able to be a part of a power structure yeah. if I had power to just sit here and hold power and not allow our government, not allow people across the, you know, the nation to, pro, to, to have the things they need to do life. And so I think that's a very deep conversation that we really need to get into. And uh, and I really believe that, you know, the President Biden has done as much as he can. He's provided, you know, a solution in a way of these different uh, bills and things. You know, the bill back, all these kinds of legislation are very good things. Everybody yeah. would benefit from that. It's not like there'd be one party that would be benefited from that, right? Right. But yet you've got, you know, part, the other part then of the Congress that says that they're not going to do nothing. going to vote for that. They're going to vote for nothing. Well, that means the government's not functioning. You know, why do we have a government? If the government cannot function, you know, in any time. Yeah. And that's my feeling. It's personal, but I, I believe those are the kind of conversations we did have. As far as going to the polls, you know, a person has a right to vote for who they want to vote for. You know, and I think we need to find how do you find candidates that we say that are going to do what they promise to do if the system is structured that even when they get there, they're still not going to be able to do it. Yeah. You know, so there are some very serious things, I think, that, that are, are out there. I think our nation has been blessed to be. A, a democracy and have the freedoms that we have that everybody can free think and free flow you know but I, I think it's coming down to not this idea about you know the haves and the have nots and we really need to, to address that I mean one of the things the kind of that you mentioned there uh, I totally agree that you know President Biden is doing what he can do and it's you know obstruction in Congress is preventing those things uh, I think people forget that you know, the way politics is structured really at every level in the United States is groups of people do things. So, you know, an individual senator may propose a bill, but nothing happens until a group of people will decide. And at this point in time, you know, groups are hyper-partisan and the odds of recruiting people from the other party to join your group to get a bill through are pretty, pretty low. And I think the biggest issue is just that the Democrats, you know, uh, fail to act as a group very often, whereas the the Republican Party consistently acts as a group. Like they they very reliably are going to act together for everything, and that's just something I think you know President Biden thought he could change back to the old way. And I was talking to my wife about this, and it's really if you think about you know other forms of conflict in history. There's always, you know, serial escalations, like things are deadlocked until one side discovers some new strategy or develops a new weapon or something else. And it's the same in medicine. Things are kind of deadlocked until someone invents something new that gets you over that hump and then you right. can do new things. Like think about right. anesthesia, like until we had general anesthesia, you could only do certain kinds of surgeries and then right. finally you could do new ones. Right. And so unfortunately, you know, the, the political uh, battleground just keeps inventing new 
even more terrible strategies to win, uh, in quotes. Um, and that's really the people, you know, all of us are the people who are the casualties of that process. Right. Well, you know, I really, uh, I'm glad you brought up the point about, uh, that nothing happens, you know, by one individual or in a void. It's the idea of group and group think, you know, and it's interesting to see how uh, you do have such a large majority of, you know, folks who are uh, of the party, you know, that would rather uh, not get anything done with government, right? I mean, it's almost half the government, uh, the nation, if you look, I mean, the idea of voting who voted for who, right? It comes down almost uh, uh, 50-50. And so that really says a lot about our nation and where it is, this idea about where, uh, do we really want to go forward with a progressive democracy or do we want to, you know, go backwards, if you will, and have a nation that's built on a privilege for some, right, and, and uh, non-privileges for others. So that, so you're right in that whole, you know, perspective about um, about parties, and that's why I'm continuing to hammer on this thing about, to me, I'm not concerned about a party. I'm concerned more about what the people are doing. Mm-hmm. And so if that group of people then, you know, have a certain way of thinking, that's not, you know, that for the best interests of all the people, then I have a concern for that. Sure. And, and, you know, of course, our nation allows us to have different opinions of that, but um, I think we just have to do a lot more work in, in, uh, work in uh, getting more people to talk, more people to see, more people to act, right, so that we can uh, help carry our nation, you know, forward, you know, in some type of, uh, you know, equitable, uh, fair and wholesome way. Sure. So I don't have all the answers to that today. I think we've covered a lot in what we, you know, where we're headed with this, uh, Dr. Casey. Uh, be interested to see uh, if we can get this uploaded and get some people to begin to chime in. Uh, hopefully in February we'll continue to move and uh, have a more lively conversation, especially upon like the, the immediate kinds of things that are going on related to the redistricting you know, voting, the voting rights and that sort of thing. We have to get those things in place so that every, every you know, citizen or person who is eligible to vote has a right to vote their own conscience, their own will, and not be uh, manipulated and, uh, and uh, unable to vote. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how that case does in the North Carolina Supreme Court. Who seem to be pretty favorable to the arguments last time around, but I imagine that the Republican majority in the the state house tried very hard to do what they could to avoid those kinds of traps this time. So we'll we'll have to see. And, you know, I think I've learned more about politics in the last I don't know five to ten years than I've learned in my whole life. Yes, you know, for sure. Yeah, just being more aware, and I think that more people should get that. You know, be that way as well. You know, people need to be educated. You know what I mean? And, and be careful though. Be critical thinkers, right? Yeah. Because everything you see and hear on TV and in the media is not necessarily the way things are. Yeah. And so I would encourage people to you know to educate yourselves. You know, reach out to you know folks who are not biased that can give you the facts about things, right? Yeah. And be able to make decisions and. uh and do things to make our nation and our communities a better place. So thank you all very much for this time today. It is an interesting time. I find in more places that people are more concerned. Uh, there's even, you know, sectors of people who are hopeless, man. They're helpless and they really want to, you know, see where we're we going. They don't know, you know, yeah, and yeah. I, would, I would just say that be encouraged, right? I believe there is a God in charge. I believe that we do have uh, the spirit, if you have righteousness and good and peace and love that continues to permeate in our, our nation and our people and just stay there and let's see what uh, what will come next sounds great be blessed take care see you next month
Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.